You're listening to New Life Church in Richmond Hill, Georgia. Amen. Thank you guys. Awesome. You may be seated. Whew. I was actually supposed to do that before the band came back and did that second worship set. And uh, so they were standing back there kind of looking at me like, you totally forgot. I, I do. That's why they give me these little orange notes. They just write stuff on it. And they didn't have that written on my notes. So there you go. It's not my fault. Um, Brandon, can I give you this, please? All right. Thank you. And my orange note. Thank you. Um, it's good to see you guys this morning. Hope everybody's doing well. We... Um, have we finished a series of messages last week called uh, the path and this morning we are going to go into a new series calling it's just calling it light and um, I, th I think that really is one of my most favorite things about this time of year I love Christmas lights anybody how many of you you you've, I can't really see because the lights in my eyes but if you raise your hand, how many of you decorated your house with some Christmas lights? Yeah, 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 it's a few of you. How, how many of you begrudgingly did it? You know, all right, all right, we got a few Grinches. It's all right, it's all right. I was that guy. I, I love them. I don't like actually putting them up. It's a lot of work, right? Because I'm like, man, I put these, these lights up in like two or three weeks, I got to take them right back down, right? And so can you just leave them up all year round? My wife says no, uh, we, we can't do that. So, um, but I love Christmas lights. I love this time of year. Um, I love just riding around and seeing just the different uh, houses and how they're decorated. I know in our neighborhood, people have gone from very traditional to kind of wild and wacky. We have a T-Rex uh, in our neighborhood, um, the Christmas T-Rex. You know what? I never knew until last year that there was a Christmas T-Rex. And maybe if you didn't know that, come down to Strathy Hall. There is a Christmas T-Rex down there. Uh, be willing to greet you and say Merry Christmas. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, there's a lot, a lot of different ways to do that. It's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, we want to kind of talk a little bit about that. Um, so, because uh, this time of year is, um, you know, it's Christmas, uh, time changes, you know, in, in November. And I know we kind of, you know, we, some of us don't like time change. Uh, I'm, I'm not a big time change proponent. I let's stay on one, one uh, path and, and keep on it, right? One, one reason I don't like the time change is because it gets so dark so early, Right. Um, and and I just think that it's a little bit hazardous. Uh, I've I've seen where there's a lot of accidents. Uh, it seems like accidents go up. Um, I remember it was two or three Christmas uh, Christmases ago. Uh, the time had changed, and I was down by Walmart, and I saw this guy walking across the street. It was about probably five or six cars ahead of me, and he got hit by a car just simply because they could not see him. The time had changed. It just the time had just changed like a few days before. And uh, this guy gets hit by a car, and so I'm like, man, I'm, I'm just, you know, it gets dark really early. And so one of my favorite parts of Christmas is all the lights. One of my least favorite parts of Christmas is all the darkness, right? <laughs> I mean, and, and you kind of have to have one for the other to really work, right? Uh, and I know they, they go hand in hand, and I know that I, I get that, I understand that. I'm intelligent enough to realize that. But I, I, I don't necessarily like it. I don't necessarily like how dark it gets. And, and maybe that's carryover from when I was a kid. You know, I, I didn't really like being in the dark as a kid. Um, you know, I guess I was one of those kids that had a nightlight and a flashlight. 
and a lantern and any other kind of light that I could have uh, to turn on. Uh, some, there would be some times that I'd get so scared sleeping by myself that I would go flip the hall light on and go sleep at the door of my sister's room because she stopped letting me come into her room. She said, you can't sleep with me anymore. I don't sleep good when you sleep with me. And so she locked her door and kept me out. And once again, I'm still bitter about that. And I'm, I need to probably go to therapy. Um, you know, I'll get over it one day. Maybe Jesus will help me. Um, but it, it is. I mean, this is this is can be a difficult time. Christmas, um, and I just want to leave you with open up with this statement: Christmas can make us more aware of the darkness. It can. Christmas can make us more aware of the darkness that is around us, um, and not so much as even in the physical darkness. Uh, as in this time of year, it, there's a lot of joy and there's a lot of cheer for a lot of people, but that's not everybody. Sometimes this time of year brings um, sadness for people. And uh, sometimes this time of year is difficult for people. Uh, it's not always the most wonderful time of the year for everyone because there are things like stress. We get stressed out. Uh, anybody ever already started feeling a little bit of the stress? You know, maybe it was because you had to put up those Christmas lights and you had to climb up on your roof and you started feeling, you know, the pressure uh, because the neighbors put them up and now you got to put them up and then the next neighbor, you know, and then they added more lights. Now you got to add more lights. And so there's stress. Uh, that comes with this time of year. There's busyness that comes with this time of year uh, because we have just people who we want to get together. There are parties. Maybe you've already been to anybody. You've already been to a Christmas party, maybe a work-related Christmas party, or maybe you've got one coming up. Um, we've got Christmas parties coming up here at the church, and so it is a very busy time of year. Uh, maybe you're out shopping. You know, it gets later in, in uh, the, the, the darkness comes earlier, and it feels like things are later. Um, and so maybe you're out on the road, you're out and, and, and trying to shop for gifts and that kind of thing, and you kind of feel the crunch coming on. Uh, some of you guys are proactive, and, man, you had your Christmas shopping done back in July. You know, I don't like you, all right? You're just, you're just, you're just, uh, you know, good for you. No, no, you're, you're good. Uh, I wait to the last minute, all right? I'm looking, I'm like, you know, I got to get a gift, and it's, Tomorrow's Christmas, and that's me. I'm the last-minute kind of guy. Um, so it, there can be stress. There can be, and, and obviously, that's stress that you put on yourself. Uh, there, but there can be stress. There's busyness. There can be expectations put on you. Expectations from family that there's certain ways that we're going to celebrate Christmas or certain places we're going to celebrate Christmas or certain times we're going to celebrate. And so there's all this stress, all this busyness, all this expectation. And maybe, you know what, maybe it's not expectations anybody else puts on you. Maybe it's expectations you put on yourself. You know, how I many you know sometimes the hardest person to please is yourself? And if you're a perfectionist, some, that, that, yeah, I mean, you look at something, it's like, it's not quite right. I got to take it down and redo it again, right? That's not me, all right? I'm the kind of guy, hey, that's good enough. Hey, <laughs> I, I, you know, that's, that's, that's who I am. But, but sometimes we are the, the, these people who put expectations on ourselves, or sometimes expectations are put upon us. Or maybe we fall into the comparison trap. 
kind of like what I mentioned a little earlier. You know, in my, my house's lights aren't quite as bright as my neighbor's house. And so I've got to go buy some more lights to put up so that I can make my power bill shoot up, and, you know, and blind people as they come around the corner. Um, or maybe it's the comparison of just as people start sending you Christmas cards and you're looking at this beautiful picture of this beautiful family and you're thinking, you're making the comparison. Well, my family's not like that family, you know. And so there's all this stuff. And so sometimes along with the most wonderful time of the year can come all these emotions and feelings that are not the most wonderful things this time of the year. And, and we just we want to be honest about that. We, we want to be truthful about that. There can be feelings of grief and loss that can become very apparent during this time. If you've lost someone and, and you used to do Christmas a certain way, this time of year can be very difficult because you feel that loss maybe even so much more because there's so many memories that you have and, and it's just difficult because it's just that grief and pain. And, and grief is just part, it's a natural part of the experience, but, but sometimes it's this time of year maybe you feel it even more. And so we want to be honest about that. We want to be truthful about that. See, there are three things um, that I want you to get. There are problems that we confront at Christmas. There are three problems we confront at Christmas, and this kind of sums it up right here. The problems we confront at Christmas are this. There are problems that we can't solve. There are some things that, you know what, no matter how hard you work, you may not be able to solve it. The problems that we confront at Christmas, there are problems that we can't solve. There are people we can't control. Come on, somebody. And there are expectations we can't meet. There are problems that we can't solve. There are people that we can't control. And there are expectations that we can't meet. And so these are things that we confront at Christmas. These are things that we confront when we, when we want things to be a certain way. And, and I feel this morning that when, as we, we go through this, um, this, this, this series, uh, we, we want to look at the honest side of things and, and, and starting out with this idea of light, you've also got to recognize that there is a very real darkness. And God knows that. Great thing about it is God knows exactly how dark it gets. And the darkness is not a problem for him. Even when it's a problem for us, the darkness is not a problem for him. And so I want us to go to the book of Isaiah. And this is going to be kind of one of those verses that we just kind of keep coming back to. One of these chapters that we keep coming back to. And I want us to go to Isaiah chapter 9. And if you've got your Bible, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9. And maybe you kind of know. So, well, I kind of know where he's going with this. Um, And there are some passages here that are very familiar. Uh, I'm going to read one this morning maybe that's not quite as familiar, but Maybe it is, um, and it's really just the, the first two passages here in chapter 9. And this is what it says in uh, Isaiah chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. It says, But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen great light. And those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. And I want to stop right there this morning, and, and we'll 
cover some of these other verses in this chapter later on during this series. Um, but here in this passage, and just kind of give you the background, a little bit of the context about what the prophet Isaiah is talking about. If you go back to the previous chapter in chapter 8, what you're going to find is that there is a nation called the Assyrians. And the Assyrians are basically this massive kingdom with a massive army that is much greater than Israel's, that's much greater than, than, than Judah's army. And um, so you have the Assyrians who are basically coming in, and they're going to take over. And the prophet is saying this, and you can read that in chapter 8. I, I want to read this passage, though, one more time. I want to read it out of the New Living Translation. So if you can put that up there for me, Rusty, uh, that, that New Living Translation. This is what it says. It says in the New Living Translation, it says it this way. It says, but there will be no gloom for her who is in anguish. For in the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the latter time he has made glorious the way by the sea. Is this uh, the... This DSV, go to the New Living. There's a, there should be a, an NLT. Did I give it to you? There it is. All right. Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. How many of that, that sounds good, right? <laughs> How many of you know right now it's dark, but we don't have to stay in the darkness? Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. Now, does this sound a little bit, little bit more clear? Do you remember who uh, spent a lot of his ministry in Galilee teaching? This guy named Jesus, right? If you haven't met him, he's a really good guy. I'd love to introduce you to him. Um, and, and so Jesus spent this time uh, in Galilee, and so the prophet is 700 years before Jesus is born. And God is, is revealing, hey, there's something great coming. It's dark right now, but there is a light coming, and, and it's going uh, uh, to fill this place with glory, and we'll, they will be filled with glory. Next verse, verse 2. And the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And for those who live in the land of deep darkness, a great light, a light will shine on them. And so this morning, that's, that's kind of where we, we're jumping off is this idea of light. That Isaiah chapter 9, the prophet is reminding this people, hey, things are bad. He is really being honest about, about what's going on. He's not trying to uh, sugarcoat it in any way. He's saying, listen, it's bad. And uh, it actually may get worse because uh, you guys, we're going to be humbled. Uh, we're going to see our nation uh, under siege, and we're going to see our nation exiled. He's like, but hold on. It's not going to stay dark forever. you got to hold on. And so I know that many of us sometimes, we have to remind ourselves of that. Maybe where you've been there, and it, it may feel like it's a dark place right now, but I want you to know that you've got to hold on. It is precisely into these times of darkness that the light is seen the best. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? I think that's why I love Christmas time and the lights is because it gets so dark. It gets dark so soon, and it seems like the darkness is so deep. 
but it's almost also during those times where it seems like when I ride through the neighborhoods, the lights just shine out so bright. And, and, and that's what we have to be reminded of, that even though that we are in dark times, it is precisely in dark times that the light is seen the best. Now, sometimes we can have, you can actually go and Google this, and I did this um, last night, uh, Google light pollution. And uh, there are things that will come up. It'll say light pollution maps. And you can actually pull up a light pollution map. And I pulled up a light pollution map of the state of Georgia and just saw uh, where there is light pollution. Now, what is light pollution? Light pollution is basically, uh, it is artificial light that drowns out any kind of natural lights. Um, and so light pollution is, uh, is heavy around here, uh, simply because we're in, uh, we are right up next to Savannah. It, there's a lot of people that live around here. And so if you look at that map, the Savannah area, has a lot of light pollution. And sometimes um, when you get a lot of light that is generated uh, on the ground, it can be difficult sometimes to see any of the lights that are in the sky, right? I mean, you know that sometimes stars can be difficult to see when there's a lot of light around. And so if you've ever been out in the country, and I, if you go look at this map, uh, this map has these blue, these cool areas, and those are places that you can go in the state, and, and not too far from here, you can go, uh, and 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 you can see up in the sky. There, there are times when you just walk out and it's like, wow, there's all the stars, man. You can see everything that is there. But sometimes it's drowned out by everything that happens around us. And that's, that's just something we have to remember. Sometimes what God wants to do can be drowned out by the things that are happening around us, by the pollution of artificial light in our life. See, because there are things that are artificial around us that'll say, hey, I can fill you up. I am what you need. And there are sometimes there are things or people who have promised to be uh, everything that we've ever wanted and they've come up short, right? Have you ever been there? You ever, maybe, maybe you've made a purchase and you're like, man, this is going to change my life. And it was like, yeah, it changed my life because I had to spend the next 10 hours fixing it and trying to figure it out. And it keeps falling apart. It keeps breaking, right? And, and so there are things in our life that we think, hey, this is going to be the greatest thing. And it's, it's these phones that we have. I'm a tech guy. I love gadgets. But they aggravate me to so in, because I'm sitting there. I'm like, I want, just, I want you to do what I want you to do. And it doesn't do it. And I spend a lot of time trying to fix it. And, and so there are things in our life that become bigger than what they should. And basically, they're artificial lights. Um, when I begin to think about this, and, and I just look at it, and it says, things that are artificial will always fall short of what is authentic. Things that are artificial will always fall short of the things that are authentic. And, and I think that's what God is, is trying to get us to understand. He says, listen, there's a lot of things you can put your time and money and throw yourself into that will never fill you up. And he's saying, listen, in the darkness, sometimes we reach out for artificial lights. And Isaiah, and in, in, in parts of Isaiah, he talks about that. He says they try to light their own fires, but they've left the God who is the fire. They've left the God who is the consuming fire, and they've gone to artificial lights. And so for us, we are tempted to do, do the same thing. 
to put our life into things that will never fill us up, that will never complete us, they will never be the end for us. Sometimes, actually, they, they become and they begin to detract. So things that are artificial will always fall short of the things that are authentic. See, people today, we still worship idols. You say, well, I don't bow down to an idol. Yeah, you do. You can look at where you spend your money, where you spend your time, and you can see there are big things in our life that become idols. If it's those things that detract from God, and it's like, ah, oh, that's, really, that's not really a detraction, it's not really a distraction, we never know. I want you to get this. You never know what idols you have until Jesus asks you to give them up. Isn't that the truth? No, I don't have a problem with that. Then give it up. Mm, well, okay, come on, Lord, <laughs> you know, and you start making deals. And, and what God does is this, he just, it, what the light does is this, it exposes, it dispels darkness, but it exposes what's in the darkness. It exposes the idols in our life. And so sometimes it's not always pleasant, but it's definitely needed. So, guys, this is it. Was as I just kind of wrap this up this morning, we, we kind of land this plane. I'll ask somebody to come play. When we look at the light, there are a lot of things that we can give our life to, but there is only one authentic light that calls us and that can actually fill us. And I'm not saying that everything that we participate in is bad. There are a lot of things we participate in that's bad, and so a lot of times you already know that. I don't have to tell you what that is. We, we try to um, justify it, but we know in the back of our mind, we really know deep down in our heart, yeah, this is not good for me. But then there are those things that really, you know what, God's like, mm, I, I, I care, you know, I really don't care. It's not, it's not good or bad, but it can become bad if you make it the ultimate thing. And so this morning, I'm just asking you, what's the most ultimate thing in your life? What is that ultimate thing for you? Or maybe you have to ask yourself a little bit different question. What are those idols that kind of dog my path? What are those things that just kind of, man, I just I keep dragging them around? What are those things that is difficult for me to lay down? And I know that I should. I know, I know, I know that I should. And God is throwing light on it, and, and he's shown me this, and I'm struggling. See, Jesus is the light that dispels the darkness, but it also lights up what the darkness hides. There's a thing about photography. I'm, I'm not a photographer by any stretch of the imagination. I, I am not a videographer. Uh, I probably didn't even say that word right, okay? Um, but one thing they'll tell you is this, and I, I do read, like, message boards because we have cameras and stuff that we use around here. And uh, all these people will say, listen, they say, you can spend a lot of money on cameras, but if you don't have good lighting, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how, how good your camera is. It's only going to be as good as what your light is. So they always say, if you're going to spend your money on something, spend your money on lighting. It says, then your camera will work as it should. And, and I was looking up 
just last night in, in, in this photography uh, academy, and this is what it says. Light will determine the tone, the mood, and the atmosphere. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I know what they're talking about. But God spoke to me, and he's like, get that message, Ryan, because my light in your life will determine your tone. My light in your life will determine your mood. And my light in your life will determine the atmosphere that you create in your home and in your workplace and everyone that's around you. You know what? So going into Christmas, I want to let the light in. I don't want anything artificial. I want authentic. I want genuine. I want Jesus. Because when I look at Jesus, and Jesus is the light, not just of the world, but more specifically of my life, my tone can be different. My mood can be set. The atmosphere can change. Because Jesus holds all that in his hand. So this morning, stand with me. What are those things in your life that maybe we have become idols? What are those things in your life that maybe are artificial that you're trying to reach out and grab hold to and, and God's saying, hey, that's not the most important thing. And so maybe it's, it's that prayer of saying, all right, God, I'm going to let go of that so I can grab hold of you. And that may be a trust thing for you because you have to let go of some control. You know what, God? God doesn't really want your control. He wants your surrender. He's not concerned about your control. He's concerned about your surrender. And so if you're willing to surrender your control to God, that which is authentic can find its place. That which is authentic can, can take hold. That which is authentic can set the tone, set the mood, and set the atmosphere. I want you to sing this with us. Let's sing this song together. I will come back and pray for you in just a second. Step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. And beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. So here I to worship here I am to bow down here I am to say that you're my God you're all together lovely all together worthy all together wonderful to So highly exalted. 
listening to New Life Church in Richmond Hill, Georgia. For more information regarding New Life, please visit our website at newliferh.com.